This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Touchline rent. We're back. Hello. Welcome everybody in to episode 184 of a Touchline Run podcast brought to you by Bendy Geddig Media. My name is Luke. I today am joined by Mitchell Lewis Gad. How are you? I'm great, mate. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling ready for some football again after a very short break with the Euros in between now. How are you? You all right? Yeah, no, I'm very much the same, to be honest. I'm feeling that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad he's coming back now. Like, because I haven't watched any of the Olympic football, specifically nah. to just forget about watching football for a bit. But now, like, the the friendlies are happening and the players are coming back from the Euros Ooh. and new players are coming into the leagues. I've suddenly got that itch but, again. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm maybe controversial, but I... I don't think football should be at the Olympics. I I think I like I'm, I like I think there's certain sports that I love football, but I'm just it's a dubious one for me. I like with the Olympics. I yeah. like ones where you've got either individual individual competition or ones where even though it's a team, it's kind of split into individual performers like either relays or it's like, you know, things put together or, or just something. I just prefer watching different sports, I think. And yeah, I, I look yeah, at like the yeah. golf and the football. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's yeah, not I for did. me. What, where would you say an Olympic gold medal would rank in a footballer's cabinet? What's How high up the list? I mean, surely World <laughs> Cup winner's medal is the highest you can get. Yeah, as, I, as a medal, not as an individual award, because you could argue a Ballon d'Or is probably nicer than a World Cup winners' medal. But regardless, that's the biggest know. medal you can get in it. In import, where's the Olympic yeah. one? I don't reckon. What's it's that more high. important, the Johnson's paint trophy or the Olympics? Yeah, <laughs> no, I just, I generally don't. I reckon it depends. Depends who it is. I reckon if you, if you're like a top player and you're winning Champions Leagues for like Messi. I, I don't even, I don't think an Olympic gold medal would be that high on your list. Um, has Messi but, been yeah. at the Olympics? We're going to get pelters, but has Messi played at the Olympics before? I'm sure he, I'm sure he has, you know. He seems could be like this, Yeah, I'm... This is how much little attention you and I spend on Olympic football. Olympic football, yeah. Yeah, we don't even know if the best player that's ever played the sport's played in it. That's how little we give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, but as I say, we've got that. We've got football coming back, league football coming back, and high level league football coming back very shortly. Um, yeah. Lower levels have come back already. <laughs> They're always early, aren't they? They're they very are. early, very premature, aren't they? Yeah, so, you know, we'll have the championship pick up and then the week later will be the Premier League and then we'll all be back worried about our fantasy football teams. Well, you've been worried about your fantasy football team since 
since the first of June. I have been looking at it a bit more regularly, but I'm happy. <laughs> You're in trouble with changing your team. I think you're on minus twelve points already, and this season hasn't started yet. I know. I think, I think I finally hit a groove in my confidence with my team, where I can just go, no, this is what I went with. This is what I'm going to stick with. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to re. I've had to shut that off. That's that's one. I'm I'm still very much happy to leave to like a day or two before I fantasy football myself out. Yeah. Oh, last season, um, so many hours spent on that thing. It's just, I wouldn't even want to know how many hours I spent pondering transfers. Yeah, yeah. no, I've I've jumped. I've got a footing. Um, in fantasy football terms, then to link through to our first topic tonight, how much would you rank uh, in value, Jaden Sancho at? In FPL. Yeah. Oh. I reckon FPL terms. I reckon you got to You can't start them off too high. You got to. I reckon you're looking at about nine, nine and a half. As high as that? Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon not. I reckon you start with nine. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Just because his 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 assist record and yeah, he's come off the back of a really good season as well, isn't he? I don't know. I reckon five million he is listed at. Nine point five is he? Yeah, yeah. see. Yeah, I'm thinking on the same lines as him. Nailed that. Um, the reason I bring it back <coughs> is obviously at the minute my club Manchester United have gone against the curve um, <laughs> with the transfers that they've made. Now, call me hypocritical, but all the anti-Glazier protests, like when they managed to get Liverpool versus United postponed mm. with their utter outrage at the club. Since that's happened, um, it's been announced that Ed Woodward is leaving the club. And now we've signed Jaden Sancho early in the transfer window, who is a very talented young attacking English player, which is the side we're building. <laughs> Essentially, we're building a, an attacking young British uh, like team in lots of ways. Um, but then they've gone to sign bloody Raphael Varane as well from Real Madrid. Like one of, in my opinion, the best centre-backs in the world from Real Madrid. And we've done it on the cheap. Call me cynical. Do you think those two things are related <laughs> Um, no, I don't think they, uh, No, I, I do think they are related. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I think, do you think um, this is a victory for the fat and protests in a way, whilst also being a sort of side glance to United fans going, just because they're buying players now, don't forget what they've done previously. This you know, They're I, doing this to appease you. This is not a victory. This is a starting off point. I think it's more the latter. Yeah, I think they... They they they're not stupid. I think they're they're like yeah. Let's kind of let's kind of keep them quiet for a bit with with a bit of activity. I think there's been obviously a lot of one of the things as well that that the fans have always sort of pointed to with the Glaciers, not just on the field investment, but things like investing in the stadium. And um, <laughs> I think even someone said I, I don't even know if it's confirmed or not that 
it does look like for for the first time in a while that someone's done some some touch up work on Old Trafford. Nothing obviously yeah. like seat wise, but actually needed like a lick of paint or something. Yeah, it's but proper it's like, red now, Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've done a little bit with that, so it's like, well, you know, that was another factor. Think, oh, you know, they 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 they're obviously thinking, oh God, we've got to pull our finger out here. But like you know, in terms of their overall, um, you know, a sort of. Uh, modus operandi at Man United, I think it's probably not going to change. I just think in the long term, it's probably just to kind of appease the fans, get them off the back for a bit. Obviously, yeah. like I said, I, I think I think the, the situation with Woodward going, obviously, that does open the door for a bit of change there. But I, I think it shouldn't replace what it shouldn't it shouldn't mean, mean that fans sort of forget what the what the, they've t- sort of taken from the club and. How they operate, really. So, um, you know, I think that, but I don't think it will, to be honest. I think United fans have, you know, even with when there's been success in sort of Ferguson's sort of last few years at the club, I still think that kind of the, the, um, is it the golden green scarfs, you know, I think they, yeah. I don't think that's going to change. I think the, the, you know, FC United and Manchester and stuff like that, I, I don't think that. The fans will be that have the world pulled over their eyes, to be honest. Yeah. But but obviously it's positive for them on the pitch. But I don't think it's going to stop protests when there need to be protests, to be honest. Yeah, I read an article the other day about United that basically said that now, now we you can start judging Solskjaer on his transfers because for the first few years they basically have argued well what he was doing was correcting the mistakes that Jose Mourinho made. Yeah. So you had stuff like when, you know, when he came in, it was like, right, well, I've got Alexis Sanchez. What the fuck do I do with Alexis Sanchez? Who's not scoring and not assisting. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? And he's earning a shit ton of money. What have you done? But he's now basically, this summer, replaced Alexis Sanchez in a way. Because we've had, if you think of United's attack... <clears throat> What we've done is repurpose, a lot of the time, what we've done is repurpose Mason Greenwood as a wide attacking player because of his pace. Yeah. Whereas Mason Greenwood is a striker. <laughs> so we've had to bring in Cavani to pl- act as striker because Martial is out injured and Greenwood we need on the wing at the minute. And because Alexis Sanchez has just left his massive hole. And now he's got Sancho, and Sancho immediately goes into that starting eleven. And I think what you'll see now is the phasing out of Cavani for Greenwood in the attack. Yeah, and I think that um, I think that's a fair point with Solskjaer on the pit, um, judging him on the pitch. I mean, I I think he's had, in sort of managerial terms, he's 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 had a fair crack in modern day football in terms yeah. of. Given manager, you're always asked to give managers time. He's been, he's had spells where he's been under pressure. I think obviously now they've had, they've had, what was it like three semi-finals? I think under him, I think they've yeah, lost two league got... cups of them, maybe three, maybe three, maybe four semi-finals. And they obviously lost the final of the Europa as well. So I think now, if you look at where they were, second, getting to cup finals. Now it's kind of right. There's. There's only one place to go from there, if, if in a positive sense. So they need to win something, they need yeah. to win a trophy. And now I think he has got some ammunition that you know from the from from bringing players in. So and it, it has been a while now. He's been able to kind of phase out 
the players he's wanted to bring the in. Only the only time, the only place now where he's all, if you look at the two players that he signed, the other one he's fixed really is he's basically said that Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof were the two signings that Mourinho made to improve United's centre backs at the back. So at one point, we have players like, you know, small in Lindelof. And without, and you know, and basically Solskjaer's come into that defence and gone, well, I'm missing two centre-backs. These are rotation players. So he's yeah. bought Maguire. They've backed him to buy Maguire, who's come in and been immediately effective. But Eric buys out injured all the bloody time. And Victor Lindelof has had his chances and not taken them to the, for the most part. Um, and now he's got Varane. So he's got Maguire and Varane at the back, yeah. which immediately David De Gea should be going in and giving Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a cuddle, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, front, in front of De Gea now, he has, regardless of my club allegiance, United at the back have now got De Gea, Luke Shaw, Maguire, Varane and Wambazaka. That's a decent... That's well, de- very good. You know, and I think he's he's done he's actually done a good job of kind of either shipping on the players he doesn't want or or identifying where he can kind of upgrade there because if you if you look at like I said that back four is, is pretty it's pretty good and I think actually if you look at United's bench I remember seeing a game last season where United had a a bench in one of the Europa League games and it was like. It was like I don't know. It was it was like Cavani. It was like um, Van der Beek. It was um, maybe like Greenwood, maybe Shaw. And it was like you looked at it and you think, God, oh, there's probably not a better bench in Europe than that from like the seven or whatever that was yeah. on there. It's it's, like... We've got a decent squad, mate. We've got a decent squad and... coming together where we you've got a, even players who aren't as sort of technically gifted or catch the eye. Uh, like Fred. So Fred, for example, he gets he gets a fair bit of criticism. But what he does do when he comes on is he adds drive to the midfield. Like regardless of what people think of him as a footballer, is he never stops running. He's he's quick to get back. Yeah. He's, his brain is always ticking and he's always running. So if you bring someone like him on in midfield, he, he can be a fucking nightmare. You know, because he's, he's just—it's like releasing a Jack Russell into a field of rabbits. You know, <laughs> and the thing is that I think that the, the thing with it, you know, is they've—they've they've got that like they had that strong squad last season, but they still needed. There was, but in terms of where they can make improvements, there was definitely improvements they could make in their first team that would then yeah. kind of push those sort of starters again towards the kind of squad fringe players that would again bolster the squad. So now you've got you bring in Sancho and Varane and like you said, you're then you're then meaning that there's some players again like Lindelof and Bay who, you know, on their day or if fit can be great, but yeah. obviously consistently or being available not 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 really done the job for United. So I think it just means that again that bolsters the squad. But they, if they can do the things like Liverpool have done over the last few years, where they've gone right, this is a position we need a player, and we're going to, or this is our target, this is our man, and it doesn't feel like it's scattergun. It's like we've identified a player that we want, and we're either going to get him or we're going to wait, and then we're going to get him for the right price. 
but we're going to get him because he's the, he's our guy. Yeah. At least that shows a policy rather than going, hey, oh, right, okay, no, we'll get you, we'll get you, oh, you're available, or we've missed out on you because we fucked up negotiations. It felt like that. Do you know what they felt like? And I might be wrong, and it might just be my, you know, rose-tinted glasses, but it feels like there's been a massive difference in transfer policy in so much as when Mourinho was in charge, it did feel like he went in and said, well, I need to send it back. And they went and like Woodward would, would like go through like a, a fucking list and you go, this guy's available. No, this guy's available. No, Ooh. this guy's, yeah, I like him. Get him. Rather than yeah. Solskjaer, it feels like Solskjaer's gone in and gone, get me Harry Maguire. And we've gone to get him and it was, you know, touch and go. <laughs> But we just went, yes, we've got Harry Maguire. And the same now, Sancho, it's been, you know, all last summer people expected us to sign Jaden Sancho. There was talk there was an agreement in place, so on. But United apparently waited because they knew the price would go down because they'd already agreed. Sancho's already made it clear he wanted to come to United. Yeah. So it got to the point where Sancho was like, well, my contract does come to an end shortly, so I'll just leave for free. I'm willing to wait. I'm still young. And United were like, that suits us. We'll get him for nothing. Yeah. And then that's forced off. £73 million is a steal for Jadon Sancho. Well, they got it was a lot less than what Dortmund... I think Dortmund were looking at like 90-odd-plus million, wasn't they? They were talking Jack Greedish money. Greedish money. And this is... I, I do want to talk just talk one thing with you regarding United. Um, Paul Pogba. Yeah. Your friend. What do you think of the, in my opinion, this situation has got the potential to be Solskjaer's like defining moment as manager at United? Yeah, you've got it. You think of like Ferguson and, and how he's just slap round agents and put them in their place and be like, "No, nah, I'm not standing for this shit." Then you know it's an opportunity, like you said, to kind of say, "Well, look, do you want to play? Uh, do you want to play for a club or not? Um, do you? Are you committed? You know, we can't. It's not something. It can't be this saga that that drags on because if you think of all the positivity of bringing in Sancho and obviously looks like dug up. The Varane deal over the line, you know that that has this has the potential to kind of upset the apple cart a little bit because you then got a player who it seems to be from what you read, well whether you believe what you read or not, it's almost like kind of not not fully committed. It's real kind of sitting on the fence, isn't it? Like I want to play for United, but you know it feels like I, I want to play for United. I like United, but. You know, I might be, I might, I might, I might end up staying. I may not, I may not, you know, it's kind of like, and it's like, this is the sort of thing then, you know, you can kind of undo a bit of the the positive. We're going places, we're building something yeah. with something that drags on. So I think you imagine with Ferguson, it's kind of like, no, nah, that's fine. You know, get on your bike then. You know, he, you could imagine oh, that Ferguson he would stand for this. So no, he, there's no way. You wouldn't do this with Ferguson in charge because Ferguson had the ability um, the big, the most direct example, and it, it's not saying that Paul Pogba's done this, but there was one story came out with Paul Pogba where he said it was basically just leaked. You could tell it was leaked, and he was saying Pogba could might potentially see his future with United, but he might not make his mind at this transfer window. So it's kind of like dipping his cock in the water because United 
have already seen Paul Pogba leave for free previously when he was in the youth setup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they could, if they allow this situation to drag past the end of this transfer window, they could be in a lot of bother because Pogba will have just walked away for free twice. Yeah. It literally, it, it, Paul Pogba needs to either sign a contract at United or leave. Yeah, I think um, that, and, and um, Solskjaer, like you said, it's, it's a, it'll be something that if he doesn't get that, if, if it's kind of non-committal, then Solskjaer has got to go in there and, and, and find a, an answer one way or another. Yeah. You know, remember, when, I... um, remember when Rooney went public and said that he wanted to leave United? Yeah. Rooney went public and said he wanted to leave United. That was the official... I want to leave. Ferguson did that press conference and a day later, it was in the Champions League. We were playing in the Champions League game and he did a press conference and said, I, I sat him down he told me he wanted to leave. Blah, blah, blah. And I told him, you do not disrespect this club and you do not disrespect these fans. Like, within 24 hours, I think it was, Rooney had signed like a five-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all put in place. Me, it yeah. was immediate, like immediate. Wayne Rooney suddenly just was there. It was announced all over the place, shaking Wayne, uh, shaking Ferguson's hand with a brand new five year contract to United. It was literally Ferguson just stripping him down and going, You listen to me, you don't decide when you fucking leave. I will get, tell you when you leave. <laughs> You, you don't retire from this business, you get retired. Yeah, it's literally Ferguson's been like, there's two ways this is going to happen. You are either going to sign a new contract or you will be sold. <laughs> and just look at, like I can, it. yeah, and look at, but pre, you know, Beckham, we've done it with Yap Stam, he did it with David Beckham, he did it with Rude. Paul Ince, you know, he did and it with, like that, didn't he? yeah, he did it with these big name players. He just went, I don't care who you are, no one's bigger don't than you. you disrespect the club, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. I thought yeah, I was yeah. recording with Taggart for a second, <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is the moment. I think that it needs there needs to be a decision made what's happening with Paul Pogba, to be honest, yeah. Um. Yeah. There's far too much on one club, but they are the big stories. <laughs> um, yeah. Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. Yeah. Jack Grealish. I wanted to talk Stop those Jack. two players specifically because yeah. one person is showing currently how you should behave <laughs> when you decide to leave a football club. Mm. And one of the others is acting like a petulant child. Um. Jack Grealish mm. is in, as obviously it looks as from what we have read, Man City have made a hundred million pound bid for Jack Grealish. And money. I mean, it's that's a ludicrous amount of money, isn't it? It, it? That does highlight how much of a steal Sancho has turned out to be. Um, they've offered hundred million, and. Grealish is not being accepted apparently, but Grealish is back in training with Villa, regardless. You know? Yeah. He's but he's just... always been, he's, he's actually, in fairness to Grealish, he's always like, even before when Villa went, got relegated 
um, a few years ago, and there was actually talk of um, him leaving there. And there was a lot of rumours about Spurs um, a few years ago, and he's always just cracked on. He's not. He's like he's kind of just got his head down and committed. Ended up obviously staying and helping helping Villa get back into the Premier League, and he's, he's sort of gone on from there. So he's sort of like you said, he's real good example of a player that. I'm sure, like from from, you know, you get the sense that uh, you know when an offer like that comes in, it's hard. Even if you're playing for your your boyhood club, it's hard to to to, to ignore that sort of offer and opportunity for trophies. Yeah. Um. You know, because you've only got a very, you've only got a short window as a player where you're a, where you're you you you're hitting your peak or you've got a few good years. You bet. You know, your peak is going to be in a few years. So the big clubs can see that they're going to get the best years out of you, develop you in, in their system. Um, and But but once that goes, then you're almost like, well, after you've got past that point, then that, that's, that's been and gone. And it's kind of, well, the, you're not, you're not going to get those big moves a few years later. So it's kind of, it's, it's hard to ignore those. So yeah. I'm sure that, 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 you know, he's going to have, there's going to be a distraction for him, but, you wouldn't know it. He's sort of back in training, and you know, nothing, no, no sort of Pogba-style agents coming out in the in the media. So it's really, it's good. It's it's what you said. So it's like it's a good example of, you know, if if there is going to be agreement, you know, get it done in a professional manner. You know, go away with, um, hopefully, you know, still, I would imagine, still with, um. A good, uh, you know, an amicable parting, and yeah. still a legend in the Villa fans' eyes, and uh, that's what you would want. That's what he would want if he leaves, and um, and then that that might be what end, ends up happening. So it is a good it's example. Rare, isn't it? It's rare that leaves a club, but is then welcomed back when he's against them, especially yeah. if it's this. You know, it's like he's their captain. He's homegrown all of these things, but you get a sense, I feel, that the Villa fans would almost be, we cannot believe you stayed with us for so long and we hope you do yeah. really well and go and get the success you deserve. Because let's be honest, at Villa, he's not going to become, he's not going to win a league title. He Villa are building a good side at the minute, you know, they've they bought are. in. Yeah, they've, they've, they've bought really well. Yeah, um, by Leverkusen, that's how he's on his way. And Leon yeah, yeah, they've got Buendia. Yeah, they've bought Buendia and they've bought Leon Bailey. Mugged Arsenal off there, didn't they? Yeah, he was going to go to Arsenal and he chose Villa. And yeah, they've brought in Leon Bailey. That's an exciting side. Like if you I stick, if you stick Grealish in that side, so you have Grealish on the left, Buendia in the centre, Leon Bailey on the right, and Ollie Watkins up front. That's a that's a difficult attack to play against. You know. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's rumours of, um, and I don't know whether this is a, will be a good thing or not, because it, it might might blunt um, Watkins' development. But there is rumours that they're interested in Tammy Abraham as well. Yeah, I was going to um, say Tammy Abraham makes sense, but it's only it, Ollie Watkins has done so well. You can't play Tammy Abraham and Ollie Watkins in the I same don't think side. It works. No, it wouldn't work the way they. Because neither of them are wise. Play. They both have to play as an out and out striker, and Villa. Have, Villa, unless they've signed Leon Bailey as a replacement for Grealish and they're going to continue on with Traore, Villa haven't got 
space for Tammy Abraham, really. No, I know, I know. I, and I think, yeah. I'm sad, though, because I think Tammy Abraham would, he's flourished there before on loan, you know, albeit at a lower level. But he's since had that experience in the, the, in the Prem with Chelsea and in Europe. So he would, I would argue that Tammy Abraham would be an upgrade on Watkins. Mm, yeah, difficult one, that. Possibly. I'd argue it. I, but Watkins had such a good good season. It's sort of, you'd almost feel like it would be, they're, 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 it would be whoever they would start. They wouldn't play both, so it'd be like to get that strength in depth. But you wouldn't, it's not a position immediately for Villa that, that needs changing, but yeah, yeah, it might be. It depends, but it, it, there isn't. There wouldn't be much in it. And um, Watkins has had a great, great season. I, I, I wonder whether I, d- I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. So I just think Watkins. You feel like he's done enough, and, and Villa would back their man. But yeah, you'd it really imagine they would. On, I mean, it depends on how. Like, it could depend on the career situation as well, because if if they do get a hundred million in the coffers, then. Maybe they'll they'll go out and try and get get a, a bigger name or a bigger or a or you know a different striker from Abraham for a bit more money because I I don't think that Abraham I don't think they would need now they've been in the Premiership for Premiership Premier League it's old school at huh. Premiership All right, Premier yeah, League great. they've been in the Premier <laughs> they've been in the Premier League for a little of, you know a couple of seasons now um, I don't think they would need the greenish money to fund an Abraham. Transfer, so you want maybe they're waiting to see how much of a budget they got, whether they need Abraham because Abraham will probably have a lot of suitors in the prem. You could see someone like even like a Brighton or someone would he would he would be where he would definitely be the number one striker. You know, you could see you could see there'd be there'd be other clubs, you know, where he would definitely fit in. So there's probably a few clubs where you could link you could say it makes sense with someone like Abraham coming in, but. Yeah, it'd be interesting because Villa, it's, it's weird with Villa because if you've got, they are building something. So it's not like, it's not like they're, they're going nowhere. So there is, they could, you know, if Grealish suddenly turned around again and said, no, I'm going to stay put, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a total shock because you could see that they are building something in Villa. And, and then, and like I said, they, they would, they probably have got a little bit of funds to spend. It's not like... Yeah. They're, they're spe- they, 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 they can't spend anything because they're waiting for Grealish money to come in. I, I imagine they've still, they've still got some pull, pull and some, some cash to, to build and, and grow that side because it is a big club. So, yeah, uh, it's, an, it's an interesting one. I, I think he'll probably go, but if they then, but 100 million, they could definitely reinvest that and, and end up with a strong squad that progresses again. It's not a chance to do that, even even if they lose Grealish. Right. To link it to the other player in this scenario, Harry Kane, yeah, who is acting in the worst way possible. Like I have been. It sounds ridiculous because to say it, but I have been critical of Harry Kane on this podcast many a time because I've been adamant for a while that Harry Kane is a really good goal scorer but he's not necessarily a really good footballer, which sounds ridiculous. But after last season, him winning the assists, most assists award, plus banging a load of goals. That's the humble pie, have you? Yeah, well, he has proven me wrong. But my issue now, he's proven me wrong on that front. The other side that I've criticised him for is because he's boring as shit. 
I basically you know, think that he is to you what Paul Pogba is to Graham Souness. He's a yeah, real massive. He's obviously <laughs> he slept with he slept with his misses at some point, and this is a clear. This clear is literally. This is literally one of the worst, yeah, realizations of my life. But you are completely correct. Harry Kane just does my head in because Harry Kane, like Alan Shearer, is just he's like they're like the john cena of the premier league they're like the hulk hogan 19 1984 oh you can't be dissing cena on it that's a whole other podcast that is but you know right they are i'm not necessarily dissing him but he's also hulk hogan he's also uh he's that goody two shoes he's that out and out baby face yeah the mega baby not anymore Not anymore. He's out of the pan. No, he's gone full heel. Yeah, Not anymore. I no. I, yeah, it's, it's a do you see what I mean? So Harry Kane feels like the ultimate baby face. Mm. Um, and now he's gone on strike. Like, I feel as though, because Harry Kane is so boring as a person, <laughs> he's so boring. Like, he's made of wood. He's so dull. Um, he wants to be charismatic and he's never going to be charismatic he's never going to be Henri you know it's Harry Kane um, <laughs> he I'm convinced that what this is it's not him on strike I'm convinced he's been kidnapped I reckon that the that instead of the sports media covering it as Harry Kane is on strike what needs to happen is someone needs to call the police and say well Harry Kane's obviously been abducted <laughs> <laughs> he's being yeah. held somewhere against his will and he's like his agent is forcing him to stay indoors. And he's like, but I've got to get back to the boys. All he can do is he's allowed out for half an hour a day to do keepy-uppies in his, in his garden. That's yeah, it. that's it. And he's going to open chests. Remember that advert he did where he like opened a treasure yeah. chest? I do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you a life of opening chests and doing some keep-ups with, yeah, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah. I don't know. He's, yeah, he's, he's on. Well, it's a strange, isn't it? Because you feel like you feel like L- L- Levy's going to get what he wants to get. There's no the way. The- There's no way that they've gone into this with their eyes open. Like I think, like City have routinely, or Guardiola, Pep Guardiola has routinely said that he can't just go out and spend money. Like United bought Maguire. And he went, we can't just go out and spend eight million on a defender. It's like, you've bought four right backs, motherfucker. Shut up. <laughs> you know? It's like is he yeah. now has he bitten off more than he can chew now by saying we can't spend a hundred million pounds on a player? And he's basically they've bid hundred million for Kane. Now they're bidding hundred million for Grealish. Have they got hundred million and they're just bouncing it between the two? Or is he gonna spend two hundred million pounds? <laughs> And tear the heart out of two football clubs. <laughs> if they if they, spe- if they bought both of those players for a hundred million each, it would be that would be quite something, wouldn't it? You could you could not you could, like you said you could not say that they don't have the money to do it because you know it's it's not like the the, the clubs have been rolling in the last few years with with no fans there. So if anything, when he said that. You know, financial situations for clubs have got worse, not better, haven't they? So I don't know, but it's 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 mad. But Levy's, you know what Levy's like. He's gonna squeeze every single penny out. So you just think that for for me, it's like 
I, I don't know. Surely there's a, a much more amicable way. If, if Kane wants to leave, then whether he wants to leave or not, Levy is going to be the one who, who's, who's the gatekeeper for it. Yeah. He's going to... He's gonna try, and so maybe that's what maybe that's what he's worried about. Maybe feel that's why he feels like he wants to force a move. But you just think, you know, Kane obviously talismanic man for the club, England captain as well. You just think it's a strange one to, for it to end like this because it's not like he's the possibility of a move has, has come up like the last two or three seasons and the doors been no. slammed on. It's kind of the first real major opportunity you think for him the first real time that he probably wants it to happen that you know there's clubs that are, you know there's clearly an opportunity with City with Aguero that you know people are bidding some serious money for him so I don't know I just I just think surely there's a a much more greelish way to resolve it but or at least or at least for Kane's point of view you know I come from a obviously the world of PR if you're yeah. Kane, if I was Kane, and obviously you, you said he's a bit stupid, so <laughs> I wouldn't obviously dream of calling him that. But I'm saying if I you're don't... Kane, <laughs> if you're Kane, right, you call him an absolute idiot with no brain cells. If you're Kane, you called him a complete buffoon earlier. <laughs> if you're if you're Kane, surely what you do. Is you let it play out and you let Levy be the one to look like he like he will do, where he's stopping you going because he's asking for stupid money. Levy then is gets all the bad press. He's the bad guy for, for for keeping you there against your will. You know, let 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 him play that role. You know, let that, I feel like he's gone. You know, he's played his cards early with that not showing up to training because it feels like there's there's still a, a month a to move. go in the transfer window. It's just I feel like he's I feel like he's prematurely shown his hand, you know? I, I just think it's... Move. Look, when, when Gareth Bale <clears throat> left Madrid, he went the players and fans, you know, respect and because they realised that Gareth Bale was at that point in his career a... and decided instead of going out like that, he's just going to sulk. Basically, yeah, it's it's a horrendous way of it. I um let's let's end it on this. Does Grealish? What are you going to call Harry Kane now? Does Grealish play every game in that City lineup? I think he. No, he definitely doesn't play. I don't think anyone plays every game in that City lineup anyway. But I do think he would play. All I right, think does, he played a large portion of them. Yeah, I think he, he would. I think, I think over th- does he play 70% of league games? 70% of league games. Yeah, I reckon he does, yeah. Come on. What do you just, reckon? I just think they've got an abundance of talented, wide players. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think you know? we find a way. Yeah. I think we find a way. Yeah. I don't right. know how. Don't ask me how, but you'll I'm play 12. Gonna, if I ask you how, it's going to be all over the park. I was played. I was played twelve. Did I tell you the story? Go I on, was then. played twelve. I was I was managing CSK for the, for the day. Oh, I, I've managed them a few times, you know, on management committee and stuff. And All right, I was uh, doing well. For I was, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was CSK. It's five Gardens now, not CSK <laughs> Moscow. 
But we were <laughs> we were playing a friendly and um Don't we think you managed CSK Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, following hard times, yeah. Do you know <laughs> I, I was managing them and I, I we had we had like a squad of like sixteen or seventeen players available and and I was trying to work out who you know, I was working out. There was a lot of players to sort of juggle. I was rolling subs. I was like, well, bring these people on there. Yeah. You know, there was a lot yeah. of positions to shuffle over. And things like that. There was a lot floating around in my head. I was trying to think about my own game because I was playing as well. I lined up. We started the game and like three minutes into the game, a ref blew the whistle. I said, hang on a second. Have you got 12 on the pitch? And I'd started with 12 players. <laughs> so me, me, God, I don't know I'll do that. Greenish, or maybe no one will notice. I'd fair play to the ref for how he spotted that because it's quite a it's not something you'd expect to, to have to come up against as a ref, is it? And I, I thought <laughs> as a sneaky tactic, you know, to see if I can sneak an extra player on. And he, <laughs> he, he not for you, <laughs> your management skills could be amazing when they're on the pitch, but the very fact that you sent them out with 12 players. <laughs> Immediately negate <laughs> that you may. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever I do now, it's just, just not. It's just. It's going to be trumped by that, isn't it? But um, yeah. So I said, I said it's like with twelve players. So that's ridiculous. Um, so yeah. So that. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to end the podcast. <laughs> twelve players. <laughs> that's the number one. <laughs> I can't that <laughs> if you tell me that <laughs> if you and the ref didn't notice straight away like, you're a genius even if, even if you only had like four minutes with two goalkeepers I'm like that's the best thing ever <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't know what it was I think it was I think it was squeezing extra. I think it would think it was something silly like there was an extra, extra defender. How is no one else in the team noticed there's one extra player? <laughs> they follow me into battle. They'll do whatever I say. You know, they probably knew, but they were like, this. "No one was like Mitch." That <laughs> <laughs> speaks no. volumes of CSA as well. To be fair. <laughs> They'll, they'll, you know, they, you can't say they weren't playing for me that day. That's for sure. No, that's That is, yeah, that's a perfect way to end the podcast. Thank you very much, Mitchell. <laughs> no worries, it's, been, it's been great to do this again. It's good to be back. <laughs> it is good to be back. It's more fun than just talking into your phone for minutes and then. <laughs> I know, I know. I have to think of a new jingle now for the season or something. Yeah, right. Back next week for the prediction. Premier League. Yeah, we make our Premier League predictions. So hit us up on social media. I, I was going to give a social as if anyone's listened forty-four minutes of you and me. <laughs> Rambling. <laughs> if you've made it this far, tweet us well at done. Touchline Rant. Just say so you made it this far. Um, yeah, yeah, just tweet us that. So, because <laughs> I read people tuned out of this a long fucking time ago, they <laughs> <laughs> missed out the killer story at the end, but there we are. They did, bless them, right? <laughs> the thank you very much, Mitchell. I shall no see you next week, yeah, see if Jordan relegates Villa again <laughs> <laughs> and Skinner relegates West Ham, yeah. <laughs> the podcast.
you just listened to was brought to you by Anchor. Ever wanted to start your own podcast? Now you can by using Anchor. Anchor is great at anchoring and anchoring away at Anchor. So you can anchor all night long if you like. Anchor. Try Anchor.